space-time, the ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second, contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, to the 20th century, to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. We are in Season 3, Episode 76 of the podcast and Season 3, Episode 23 for now. Uh, zero hour or the remainder of zero hour or maybe the last little bit of zero hour it's very confusing um but we are now in valentine's day 2154 or are we but we'll come to that in a moment but of course i am not alone on this stupid journey through star trek and viewing it in a temporal trek order i am joined by you're joined by dan dan yes the other dan um again we're in a free episode one this week aren't we so is it dan 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 or is it i don't know yeah we we still don't i don't think we've worked that out from last week have we we're still no no one knows but we are dan and dan and therefore we are yeah i think yeah a dan dan per episode that you download on the podcast i think we'll go for that because otherwise it will just be a stream of Dan, certainly with season four coming up. And we've got so many yes. episodes that kind of sandwich all together. Um, it, it, people would just be listening to that rather than anything else. <laughs> um, but you're okay. I'm good. Thank you. Yes. How are you? Yes. Not too bad. Uh, as I was saying, before we start recording, I am very, very tired. I have just finished uh, almost a, an 11 days of straight shift. So this is t- day 12 and I'm finally stopped. I'm not doing anything. I am literally just sat here talking to you enjoying a nice quiet moment and talking trick and i am i'm so grateful my my legs are killing me um just walking around the site or doing gardening here it was literally i would finish a shift then come home when we're getting the garden done and like heavy lifting of pebbles and stuff oh it's horrible uh but there we go oh my first world problems anyway um (laughs) Someone who doesn't have first world problems uh, is the crew in this. So we have just resolved the Zindi arc. This day, Valentine's Day 2154, is basically the fallout, the the finisher, the trying to assess where the characters are. Uh, So what we are going to be doing is a little bit of zero hour. Mm -hmm. The very last bit of uh stormfront part two from season four and then into the first few minutes of home which all take place in that day if you sort of look at it and hear what the characters are saying you can kind of work out it's all in the same day um and then next week we will be in the 15th of february and just keep going from there uh so yeah um this first one zero hour we have just had archer running away from an explosion not quite slow-mo but as you said last week you know with the american flag should have been cast down it should have been a big dramatic moment um any thoughts on um zero hour afterwards you know is it is it a bit of a a dip down you know we've had such a ramp up of action and now this is the dip down or is it a satisfactory resolve for this part of the episode yeah no i think it's pretty good actually in in a funny sort of way it's it is. It's like the calm after the storm, isn't it? Instead mm. of being before the storm, it's after this time. And um, I think it's slightly contrived the way that they can't pick up the radio signal from Degra's ship. It was a bit <laughs> ridiculous, but we're, you know, maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but no, I think it. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it's sort of it makes sense in a way. I think like. I'm not really a big into sort of war and stuff and the history of war and stuff, but I think the little bit I sort of this you know a lot of soldiers talk about how little time is spent fighting. Mm. You know, actually, it's a lot of sort of sitting around and and waiting and a lot of you know, and this is sort of that bit, isn't it? That's that you know, it's 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 over and it's finished, and now they're just sort of waiting to see what happens next and where they're off to next and so i think it makes sense yeah mm. 
literally looking at their scars, you know, as they yeah. do in the first couple of scenes of this. Yeah, um, yeah the, the calm before the storm front, you might say. Uh, well done, Very good. Uh, now, obviously, people know about uh, Stormfront. We've already done that. That was back in the uh, season one of this uh, podcast when we did the 20th century. So we're going up to that point for zero hour. But we come in at 31 minutes and 55 seconds uh, with a Topol's acting captain's log. That's where we find out it is Valentine's Day. Well, we find out it's Valentine's Day, but she gets the wrong year. She says 2152 and it's 2154. So I'm well, wondering if there's yeah is there a bit of timey wiminess that's already hit us? Should we have done this, you know, uh, yeah. a couple of years ago? And actually, this is Valentine's Day, so this is before season two, but towards the tail end of season one. Um, oh. So how, is the timey wiminess already affecting them, or is it just someone who flubbed their lines? Um, <laughs> according to all the IMDb trivia, yeah, it was purely just um mix up you know someone wasn't reading the script properly and missed out the year um even though 2154 gets referenced specifically in this season like all the other seasons of enterprise no one ever mentions the year um or it's very it's like clued in that you could work out when it actually is but season three is built around the idea that 2154 is the time when there's india attack um and yeah they, they just got it wrong so they spent a whole season building this arc and forgot to check one little detail um anyway there's no sign of degra's ship there's a um cracked skin still so they are still yes. reeling from their experience in the expanse anomalies but the expanse itself is dissipating um there's no word from earth which wouldn't that be the first thing like earth has just witnessed the 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 weapon explode wouldn't earth be sending a dozen signals a minute just trying to reach them you know they've had no communication problems so far because there's been plenty of times when even to was laid down her authority and said well maybe we should call admiral forrester do you think this is a good thing um so communication has never been a problem up to now now that the expanse which you'd imagine would get in the way of communication is gone suddenly there's communication problems very strange um but yeah communications um it's been uh it'll be two or three days till all the cracks have disappeared on their skin so they're going to need time to heal literally on the nose of what this whole bunch of scenes is all about you need time to heal uh you look like an old oil painting and yes. we find out to Paul's age she'll be 66 uh in the next um next season next uh uh what's what did she say next cycle yes um so yeah we finally find out after the two and a half years of how old Tapol is and all the goading that Trip has gone through. So any thoughts on just this this bit in the ops room? I think this is just like a little what's the word I'm looking for? Just a little development of the relationship, really. That's you know, it's just a little sort of I mean the whole thing of sixty telling us she's gonna be sixty six and you know, it's intimate information and all that sort of stuff is all just it's inconsequential, but you know, it's just again, it's it's what would happen. You know, these little conversations, people waiting—they're just waiting, aren't they? It's awful. Mm. You know, I don't know about you, but I hate waiting for things. I'm really <laughs> bad, you know. <laughs> it's not like you're waiting for an Amazon package. It's you know, you're waiting <laughs> to hear if Earth has been destroyed. It's it'd be quite tense, I think, probably. characters talking it could have you know but i quite like it it's quite a nice little interaction it's um considering these sets of scenes that we're all going to sort of piece together to get valentine's day you know this is their relationship burgeoning yeah. and we will end on a scene that is all about their relationship and where it might go next um so as a valentine's romantic way of watching these episodes this scene and the last scene are quite nice bookends to all of the silliness of how to watch it in a temporal trick way. Um, we also uh, find out at that point, or we get a phrase, um, I guess Vulcans aren't as strong as, or as tough as they think they are, uh, which obviously is a bit of a play on everything we've been talking about Vulcan physiology, but also he's acknowledging how fragile, I guess, to pole is because she is being emotional because of all the trellium d he doesn't know that but the trellium d and everything else has been happening as well um we then are on the bridge and we get dagra's ship and shaky comms again yeah. 
all of a sudden there are communication <laughs> problems yeah. you know n- normally if your comms array isn't working in star trek you don't get anything but this one there is at least a um i i thought maybe there was an insectoid on board and actually they just didn't understand it that was it <laughs> uh but yeah uh, any thoughts on you know all of a sudden there's communication problems yeah i mean it's just it's it's silly isn't it really <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't like the the scene when they I mean, the scene when they sort of find out that it's that Earth's been saved isn't dramatic or anything. It's not mm-hmm. like they're, they're saving a sort of, you know, a really dramatic moment. <laughs> you know, Reed just coming, oh, yeah, it's done, yeah, it's all sorted, mate, yeah, yeah, it's all right, yeah, not bad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Earth, yeah, it's all right, yeah, 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 don't worry. And that's about it. <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, Archer yeah. died. You yeah, know, exactly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't lead with the obvious one. It's like uh, you'll notice there's no captain here. We saved Earth, but we lost the captain. No, it's basically yep, yeah, it's done. We're okay. Can I go and get a, p- a pint now? You know, I've got some uh, self-flogging that I need to do in my quarters. And oh, by the way, we lost the captain. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it, it, you kind of see Trip obviously fall apart, his best mate, yeah. uh, but you also see Topol as well, and you see her uh, suddenly just sort of staring into nothingness. Yeah. at the the site or the uh, the information that they've lost archer um we've had quite a few references to losing archer obviously we've been watching twilight with all of the odd scenes in the alternate universe and we see that there was a i don't know maybe a father daughter relationship going in the twilight verse that uh you know eventually burgeons into possibly a romantic one when we see the future scenes going on um uh, are you built into the idea that they are completely defeated, that they would accept that Archer is gone at this point? Or would they be like, maybe he escaped, maybe he got to a, you know, would they jump into that Star Trekky kind of, maybe there is something, another explanation that we didn't just lose him? No, I think they would just accept it, but maybe moving forward, they'd start to think, oh, maybe, you know, maybe he survived or, but right in, in that moment, I think they accept it. I think, the other thing about that scene is is Reed, and Reed clearly is disappointed it wasn't him that died. <laughs> we lost the captain, and just that you know that delivery is like, yeah, we lost the, the bastard. He died before <laughs> me. I can't believe it. He got the hero's end. I'm here. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's Reed. Reed not happy about that at all. He really yeah. isn't. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he he knows that all those schools are going to get named after Archer, and that's it. it read the read name is never going to be remembered anywhere. Absolutely. Although you did uh, share a wonderful tweet from the Malcolm Reed Twitter oh, yeah. account, where it was all about. There's apparently there's a poster in a pub somewhere in Leicester that has probably got one little reference to him somewhere. I thought it was very very funny. Yeah. Um, so it, would you put this as a retread that he, you know he was just really lousy at giving the right information? Do you know what? It's sort of just read being read, but it is like it. It, it was said. It wasn't said with I'm, you know, I'm terribly, you know, it's awful, and and it was said with that sort of bitterness. <laughs> so maybe it's a it's sort of it's a half read. It's 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 a sort of yeah, but that read can't help it. It's just the way he, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost <laughs> like it's not his fault. He's just wired like that, you know. So maybe I sort of let him off a little bit, but really he should yeah. you know. Have a bit of respect for the captain dying, not just like see it from your own perspective and be upset because you didn't get to die a hero's death. <laughs> yeah, good old read. <laughs> yeah, so we'll do a a, a nice half read trid, I suppose. No, I'll just copy and paste. By the way, have, have you heard the latest episode yet? I'm mean, obviously it's two no, hours long, yet. so you wouldn't no, have a chance. No. Uh, but Carol is now in the retread uh, jingle for that oh, really? episode because of that little bit where she said, "I don't trust anything he says." She's now in part of that as well. So oh, I've put her into the jingle for that bit. So I might play that bit uh, because uh, cool. yeah, we don't trust anything he says. I've, my problem with Reader is that he just I don't I don't believe a word he says. Awfully nice. Uh, the aquatic ship turns up uh, to take the Enterprise back in less than a day. So again, yes. I'm basing this. So if you imagine zero hour happened in the you know yes. the last minutes of the 13th of February, this uh, the Topol's log happened in the morning, and then the aquatics have just shown up, which means that for the last three days, this crew have not slept. They are on 
you know, three days in, you know, possibly uh, with no sleep whatsoever. <laughs> so they are exhausted. And I just want to point yeah. this out at this point. Um, but they're going to take them home in less than a day. Presumably they will sleep whilst they are inside the aquatic ship. So they've got a couple of hours, maybe. Um, the Zindi will reform. The reptilians will join them in time, says the other um, uh, primate Zindi, who yeah. still doesn't have a name and never oh, really? will. <laughs> this is the last time we're going to see him. So there we go. Um, do you feel like that the Zindi would reform as quickly as he's anticipating? I think there would be an, an uh, yes, I think to some degree they would because, you know, basically they've had a disaster, haven't they, in a way. Mm. You know, their whole basis for what they were doing and stuff has been not only have they sort of fouled in their mission, mm. but they've discovered that actually they've been, you know, so I think there would be a need to have some kind of, you know, thing going on there as soon as possible to sort of decide, you know, what's happening and what do we do and, you know, where do we go from here sort of thing. So I think, yes, I think there would be a something happening quickly mm. because, you know, what do they do now? Yeah, I mean, at very least, having him say we're going to reach out to other people in the species, try and get everyone back together, try and figure out what exactly happened, um, because you know your average Zindi on, you know, uh, backwater nowhere outpost is not really going to have any inkling. As far as he knows, the Zindi are still a united species, and they're all working together. Yeah. Oh, suddenly the reptilians are bad. Well, what's going on here? You know, what if they're working with a reptilian right next door, Jeff the reptilian? You know, and they're yeah. not going to trust him anymore. What's going on? Um, so very, very strange. But also, no mention of um, uh, our favourite Greylick Durr. You know, I'm not going to reach out to Greylick and sort of say how <laughs> you know uh, everything was fine, and he, you know, he <laughs> can rest on his laurels that no one was killed. Uh, but there we go. Um, in sick bay, <laughs> <laughs> they're inside the aquatic ship, and in sick bay, yes. uh, Flox's pets are going nuts, and uh, they don't know how that is because there's no windows in uh, that space. But I quite like that the the animals are freaking out because they're inside the yeah. belly of the beast and all this kind of stuff. Um, but time will heal. Yet again, playing into this yeah. idea that you're not as strong as you are, even to Pole then recites back what Trip says: "We're not as strong as we are." But how will he be? going over to porthos remember the dog yes. the porthos he hasn't been around for weeks he's just disappeared we i think we see him more in the twilight verse than we do mm. in the normal prime timeline so yeah very strange i don't know what that means but there we go uh will he be all right and obviously flox is saying he's lost his best friend but of course is he talking about the dog or is he talking about to uh we're just saying that and she then recites do you, do you hear that like she's trying to convince herself it's quite a nice little moment for her uh just any thoughts on that in the sick bay those moments yeah i mean i think it is quite nice in a way but it, it's a little bit you know it's a bit on the nose you know all that stuff with poor foss it's you know it's just it's, it's a shame in a way i think you know that, that's it's what lets them down a little bit. They 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 just the writing is just a bit lumpen sometimes. Mm. You know they could have done it in all sorts of different ways, but just to have them, you know. I mean, I guess maybe you would talk to the dog in that way as well. I mean, that's probably sort of you know. But I don't know. I just yeah, it's just a bit obvious or something for me. But mm. again, Flox is around, so it's always good. It's always a I good like, scene. You know, I like the, all the sort of shaking cages and stuff. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, very true. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not very good at emotion, really. So <laughs> it all becomes a bit difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's all right. Uh, as we've established, you know, we we can we can look at it historically. We can do it emotionally. We can do whatever we want. Um, yeah, so uh, the Zindis emerge, so the, the aquatic vessel then emerges from a vortex. Now, okay, if you can cast your minds back to season one, episode 3A of this podcast, where we were talking about um, at what point do they time travel? I'm uh, taking it yes. from the point that the Zindi come out of the vortex, drop yep. off the Enterprise, the Enterprise comes out of the belly, then the Zindi ship veers off out of shot. That's the moment that they time travel only because if that is the case why did that aquatic vessel not turn up at earth in 1944 and say hang on a minute our zindi species isn't there anymore why did we not get the zindi turn up in stormfront part two 
so that's the only reason that I break it at that point. But you disagree. So I disagree. I just think it's a plot mistake, basically. <laughs> I think they've time traveled and they just forgot about the Zindi ship. Because <laughs> I thought exactly <laughs> the same thing. I thought, hang on a minute. What happened to the Zindi ship? How did they get back? <laughs> See, I, no... I, I feel that once it leaves shot, it must have gone yeah. back through the subspace vortex. And once it then is out of space time in subspace right. stuff, it's protected. You know, in the classic Star Trek, it must have somehow protected us. Yeah. And then we have a shot of Enterprise veering off. And that's the point where Daniel's Sulaban timey wimey bleh, happens. No, I disagree. I okay. think. I, what I will give you, though, I will say that maybe you're right. Maybe that th- I think as they come through the vortex, they've time traveled. Okay. But I give you that maybe the aquatic ship just turned around and went straight back into the vortex and then ended up back in the right time. Gotcha. So uh, E2 but rules. That's the, yeah, that's the only, yeah. you know, that's the only pass I give you because I don't okay. think that is what happened. I think they just <laughs> forgot about the, the Zindi ship. <laughs> Because I think that would have made Stormfront even more interesting is that yeah. if you'd had the Zindi <laughs> and you'd had the, the primate Zindi who's on the aquatic ship, you've got the aquatics as well, that they are experiencing the most brutal part of human history, you know, in recent history, um, that, that it'd be quite interesting to sort of say, well, actually, wait a minute, we didn't destroy your planet. But this is why you used to treat each other like in your past. This is horrendous. No Zindi has ever done this. You know, forget the fact that we killed the avians. But hey, there we go. You know, those kinds of stories. The entire planet. <laughs> just destroy it all. Um, yeah, because it just would have been, I know, I think an interesting commentary to have had our big bads for the previous season yeah. comment on maybe the big bad for the next couple of episodes. Mm. Uh, but we didn't. Uh, so at that point, we have to be timey-wimey and take an educated guess, yes. a best guess. Um, so we end at 38 minutes and 23 seconds. We continue as Season 3, Episode 76 of the podcast, but we are now in Season 4, Episode 2, Stormfront Part 2, at 40 minutes and 28 seconds. There's this timey-wimey, bluey haze thing that wafts through the bridge, presumably the entire starship, and Archer's alive! He's standing there in 1940s gear with blood down yeah, his face and everybody, all the cracks have disappeared from their skin. It's almost like they've had two or three days of a different adventure. What on earth is going on? Um, but, uh, yeah, Trip is there. He's in random clothes. We've got Topol, who's also there. Everybody seems to be happier. Um, maybe they, they punch some Nazis in the face. <laughs> um, that would make anyone happy. I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, but if you want to know what happened, obviously go back to season one of this podcast. Uh, but Archer's alive, and they are coming up on Earth. Are they in the right time? They're certainly in the right place. And for some reason, literally every outpost, station, defense grid, starship waits at least two minutes, three minutes to actually <laughs> hail them. Yeah. Are they just being dicks to them? <laughs> What's going on? Like, why does everyone want to wait for these dramatic moments to appear lately? Who knows? Uh, it's only when Hoshi then hails them that they find out everything's been fine. Earth is safe. It's in the right place. There are dozens of vessels mm. waiting for them. Where were they yesterday when that dirty <laughs> great big weapon showed up? Do you know what, mate? Very good point. <laughs> very, very, very good point. The yes. weapon showed up. Two Zindi yeah. vessels were escorting it. Yes. And then you had, I think, one insectoid that was still with them at the time. Yeah. So at the most, you've got four targets. There's a dozen vessels made up of Vulcan, human, yep. no Andorian. Now, Shran was no. there just yeah. yesterday. He suddenly yeah. just buggered off. Who knows what that he Maybe he couldn't yep. steal this weapon. You know, he was yeah. trying to steal it last time. Now he couldn't steal it. He's gone. Um, and there's some beaten up little tugboat shuttle things. One flies past the Enterprise and we see how damaged the Enterprise is and all this sort of stuff. And they go into orbit of Earth. But surely 12 vessels, one of, you know, some of them being Vulcan. So they're pretty well yep. armed and pretty fast. And presumably Sharon was around in the area at some point and defense grids and everything else couldn't stand up to one big ball Death Star and two ships. Why did they need to send Enterprise? Just wait for them to turn back up again. Like, very confusing. Yeah, you know what you need to do, mate, don't you? What's that? You need to get out of the box again. 
<laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that was, it. That was quite an excellent rant. I've got to give you that. <laughs> Where are the other ships? Where are they? <laughs> no, they're not listening to me. I think season four, there must have been a changeover of people. That's what it is. There's some other guy called Manny Koto has just shown up. He's now running the show. Oh, no idea. This Berman guy, no one's talking about him anymore. Very no. strange. Um, and we end the Stormfront. So we are then staying in season three, episode 76 of the podcast, as we go into season four, episode three and home. Yeah. Any thoughts on home itself before we just look at this last little scene? Uh, no, because I can't remember it. <laughs> I, only, I only watched the bit we were meant to watch and I can't remember that bit, let alone the rest of it. <laughs> um, do, do we go into the 602 club? Is that where we are? We will be going yeah. up to that point where this bit starts at zero minutes, zero seconds as a shuttle lands in Starfleet. Well, CGI oh, yeah. Starfleet headquarters yes. at San Francisco. Archer then addresses uh, a crowd of CGI people all clapping yes. in time at yeah. sequence. Like, yeah, it's really weird, isn't it? Yeah. There's no like random clapping. There's not like a, a close up on some of the people and some people are clapping. Then some people, oh, we're clapping now. Oh, okay. There's no human diversity whatsoever. No. They are literally stock images of one yeah. white man after another. Very strange. Um, <laughs> but he sort of says, I'm told we're heroes and he gives a big thing. And then all of a sudden, yep. but I think it's important. We talk about the yes. 27 lost crew members. Oh, what a downer Archer. Come <laughs> on, just take the win. We'll talk about the losses later, but come on. The yeah. entire planet was waiting to be obliterated. And you just want to talk about death, man. What a depressing speech. Just imagine if Reed had given that speech, just imagine what that would be like. <laughs> imagine if, if Archer hadn't come back. 27 times I could have been a martyr. Yeah. If Archer hadn't come back and it was down to Reed to do the speech. Oh, Just God. think of that, mate. There was this one time when I could have died and this other time where I could have died and this other yeah. time where I was supposed to be the hero, but I didn't get to be that. And then there was just some guy called Hayes who I didn't invite to any of the meetings. There we go. Oh, no, he's yeah, dead, I think. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, because he, he got shot he? in the... He got shot in the chest. Oh, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, of course he was. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going yeah, to put in the Hayes. little Where is Hayes jingle here, and then, we go, and then just have us going. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. They haven't got a leader. Yeah. That no, character who poor old Hayes. no... He was such an integral <laughs> part of the series as well, wasn't he? He had no development whatsoever. No. We go into the credits, out <laughs> of the credits, and then Archer walks into the 602 Club. And I'm thinking this is the evening of Valentine's Day, and that's why it's so packed in there. So that's why I thought it's still the same yes. day. That's my, my purely reason for keeping it in the same day, is that everyone's celebrating Valentine's Day. But a man walks into a military pub, all right, it's the military pub where all of Starfleet hang out. Yes. Possibly the most yep. recognizable face at this point in history now, as the savior of mankind yes. or the face yes. of the savior uh, crew, yeah. the heroes of mankind. Yeah, doesn't get stopped once, doesn't get a handshake. No, <laughs> no, no one a... buys him a drink, do they? You'd think exactly. you'd get a free drink, wouldn't you? I mean, even I'd buy him a it's drink. Not a to cheer be fair. or anything. I'd be Nothing. like. Cheers, mate. It's not like he's yeah. wearing a, like a baseball cap and some yeah, sunglasses. You know, right. trying to keep his privacy yeah. or anything. You know, he's just he just left alone. He gets approached by this one other captain, <laughs> Captain Hernandez, um, and uh, she lets him know that there were loads of uh, movies that came out, a World War Three epic that won all the Oscars. Uh, so the Oscars are still yeah. a thing, apparently. There Brilliant. we go, or at least award yep. ceremonies. I think is how she uh, phrases it. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess they can't say Oscars. I guess, yeah. So uh, there's a different kind of award. Maybe yeah. uh, it's made out of you know pure uh, gold press latinum, and it's something to do with it. Yeah, uh, uh, but apparently the Earth was holding its breath. Yet again, didn't think maybe beef up yes. security, maybe have an entire fleet on standby. They had 12 ships. Why didn't they call out 50 ships? Why didn't they pump out a ton of interceptor craft that could easily take on things? No. No, they were just waiting and watching World War Three epics. There we go. Yeah. Oh, and giving more births <laughs> and more marriages than ever before on record. So people were getting yes. busy whilst they thought they were going to die. Um, any thoughts on that? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. Bit of a bizarre thing to do, really, isn't it, when you think about it? But, yeah. Um, 
No, I mean, I think you're right. That the whole thing that he's ignored is, is quite amusing, actually. I hadn't thought of that. But, uh, yeah, just like, oh, it's, it's that bloke, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where did I see him? It's familiar. Uh, I can't remember. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. That Reed guy is great. <laughs> he's already working on all the <laughs> PR. That'd be great. Yeah, I did this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, there's the captain. Yeah, he, he was just in charge of the ship. But like, I mean, as far as they knew, yeah. he died and then came back to life as well. Like the rumor mill that he'd already died had already yeah. gone through that. Um, and yet nobody offered even the hint that they knew who he was. It was so bizarre. Like when you factor in, it's the exact same day. He's just made a speech to presumably that was broadcast yeah. around the world. And nobody bothers him. I think basically what's happened is that Reed has said to him, look, I tell you what, I'll do the press for you. He just said, go, go have a beer. I'll do the press. No problem. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Everyone's too busy watching the feed on their pad. So, the, you know, no one licks yeah, up anymore. Exactly, Maybe it's yeah. a more damning indictment of what the future yeah. will be. Yes, indeed. Yeah. They're all just watching. They're watching his speech. Going, oh, look at that bloke. Yeah. Well, imagine if I met that bloke. It'd be great if I met that bloke. There's a cut scene where, where it's just now. Archer kind of standing, like puffed out chest, just waiting for someone to notice him. But they're all just staring into their devices. They have no idea yeah. what's going on. It's like, A-ha-ha-dum! A-ha-ha-dum! no, not going to get one. Um, uh, but also the the um, barmaid isn't there that we've established from the 602 Club yes. that both Trip and Reed oh, no, yeah, have yeah, yeah. Uh, tried yeah. to seduce at some point. Yep. Um, so even she wasn't there to, yep. you know, maybe give him the right drink or anything. She didn't even yes. maybe think to turn up to greet her best friend because she was yep. best friends with Archer a couple of years ago. Very oh, strange. She maybe was, she got yeah, married, right. but there's no there's yeah. no ring on Hernandez's yeah. finger because she's married to Starfleet, just like you. No, there we go. Um, and just to finish off, to Paul's quarters. Um, Trip is homeless. He's got nowhere to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got no place to go. Because uh, everybody's dead. I mean, everyone's on a downer this today. As a bummed yeah. out like Valentine's <laughs> Day, it's the worst one ever. But T'Pol is packing already because tomorrow morning she's going to be flying out to home to Vulcan. Why doesn't Trip come with us? But don't worry, she hasn't mentioned anything about yep. who he is to her mum. She's never even mentioned him no. in two and a half years. Even as a work <laughs> colleague, she hasn't mentioned his name once. Um, I think it lends credibility to our theory about how she just hates all the humans. <laughs> I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. She's got like a sort of a hate love for for Trip. I don't know what, what that is. I mean, is there a thing like that? Is there like a sort of... What's the word? Is there a, is there a word for like someone that that hates Ooh, someone they might love? Might be, yeah. Well, I have to look that one up. I'll pop pop it in if I can find it. But um, yeah. yeah, there must be. But you know, it, almost to the point where if she's not mentioned anyone else on the ship, is she just telling people back on Vulcan? Yeah, it's it's a human warp five ship. They made it, but actually, it's just me running the whole show. Um, I haven't mentioned anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Porthos, she mentions. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, the four-legged Porthos. Yeah. And maybe Phlox, maybe, because... Yeah, you know, maybe she, Phlox, she's yeah, yeah. got nothing against him. Um, yeah. But there we go. Um, never been to Vulcan, so uh, Trip sort of leaves smiling, almost to the point where, did he go with the intention of being invited to Vulcan? Or is he just smiling because he's kind of getting under her skin, you're teasing her about the fact that you haven't mentioned me and actually, you know... Uh, now I'm going to get go and get you meet your mama and, and you know make a good impression on the family. I think there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of uh, oh, you're introducing me to the family, yeah. Mm. You know, like without her, not he doesn't say it or anything, but maybe he knows what. Well, he knows what that means. Maybe she doesn't so much, you know. And I think maybe he's just bored and he's thinking, right, I'm going to go to Vulcan. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, so. You know. He's got nothing better to do, has he, really? No. He's got or a cheap trip. holiday. Yeah, exactly. Trip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's always good to stay in someone's house. <laughs> always saves on saves on the old uh, cost. <laughs> what do you reckon a Vulcan hotel would be like? I don't know. I think it would be very efficient. I think it yes, would be... Yes. I'd, you know, people would think, you know, logical Vulcans, it wouldn't be very... It would be quite sparse. But actually, I think it would be adorned with literally everything, like very, lots of, oh. you know, ornaments and things, because they are very 
decorative they still have an appreciation of art and a very zen kind of quality to it so i'd imagine sort of staying in like a japanese type hotel where it's all very ornate and very Mm. mathematical but very beautiful as well at the same time very quiet i'd imagine it'd be very Very, quiet yes i would imagine it would be very quiet yes Mm. indeed and guaranteed just like the 602 clubs no one's going to bother them no one's going to come up and offer them a drink no no yeah no <laughs> there like, we go. Especially if he tries to get special treatment for whatever. It's like, hey, we just saved a planet. It's like, yeah, but it's not this one, is it? So we're not gonna yeah, help. Exactly, yeah. Um and we stop at five minutes and fifty-one seconds, and we will finish that episode next week or next time. Um yes. we'll probably do a season three review and then we'll come back to home next time as well. But uh any other thoughts on the episodes and scenes we've just watched? Not really. I mean, the, the, interestingly, they, they do fit together quite nicely. Hmm. So they're like a sort of mini episode in yeah. some ways. So they do, it does work. Um, but it's a very odd way <laughs> of doing it. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't sugarcoat it. It's just the worst. No, but if you factor yeah. in that this is Valentine's Day and you have that relationship between Trip and, and Topol, and it's being it, it frames the entire episode, it kind of works. It, it's just the fact that Archer just materializes as alive, and we just undercut the entire big meaningful the captain's dead moment. Um, but hey, it's Star Trek. That all happens all the time. Um, I wonder if uh, it's uh, Shax's, uh, what is it, the black, yes. the black tree that you see in the, in yeah. the death and whether there's some yeah. koala involved, I don't know, but we'll find <laughs> out. So we've finished those episodes, those scenes in the episodes. So we move on to our ratings criteria. And the first one is consequences. consequences. Question whether it addresses the consequences. The concept of learning from one's mistakes shouldn't be difficult for a Vulcan of your wisdom to understand, Ambassador. I don't wish to contradict Captain Archer, but learning from one's mistakes is hardly exclusive to humans. What are the consequences of Valentine's Day 2154? Well, strangely, there's not a great deal of consequences for that, is there? I mean, it's literally the day after quite a bit of consequence. Actually... I mean, I suppose you could argue that Trip has sort of wormed his way further into to Paul's life mm, by mm. getting off to uh, Vulcan. Um, so that's maybe a consequence, but um, I suppose um, Archer isn't as famous as he thinks he is. True, very that's true. A consequence, yeah. Um, Reed's still upset about not dying. <laughs> um, but other than that, I, I don't know. I can't think of any consequence really. Mm. Um, the, the crew's alive, Archer's yeah. alive, but you know, we don't really. I mean, I was joking earlier that maybe the rumor that he died had got through before he turned up alive, but as far as the crew were concerned, he might not have died, he was just on the ship. Uh, and maybe that's why no one bothered him in the 602 club that actually he hadn't gone through this big thing where he went back in time and f- defeated nasties and came straight back in um their debrief isn't till tomorrow so maybe no one knows about what actually happened anyway mm. um maybe uh but we'll find out yeah i mean we get the speech from archer so it is effectively the end of zindi being a threat potentially yeah, yeah uh, so consequentially yeah. in history you know that it's yep. the the end of the Zindi threat to Earth, but um, I think that's that's yesterday, personally. Yeah, well, that's just it. Like, w- when is the threat finished? Like, when you think of VE Day, VJ Day, uh, and you think and you go yeah. through those moments, is it the day it's announced the ceasing of hostilities, or is it literally the moment the big weapon or the last conflict took place, which are normally days and days apart? So I was just wondering if it is a consequence we can attribute to. Uh, 14th or the 13th of february 13th for me i think yeah that's the most significant point yeah. because that is the end i know yeah. that we get that talk with the zindi and saying the zindi are going to reform we should yeah. you know but he doesn't expressly say we're going to leave you alone <laughs> like, no, yeah yeah you know we're yeah. going to put economic sanctions on earth we're going to do that you know there could be a whole other new conflict between the zindi but it's a little bit more insidious or a bit more political uh you know it could be not as overt as sending a giant death star towards your planet um we're just going to get a bit smarter about dealing with you humans well, there we go yeah. um 
But yeah, consequentially, I think it is more a, a character mm. piece. It's more trip and yeah. pole where they are, who they, you know, how they're going to work together. I suppose we have been talking about their relationship possibly having a a, a, a down twinge based on the substance abuse problem. Yep. At least this would cement the idea that their relationship would work even out of that. Mm. So they've they've drawn a line under that, that part of their life, that uh, tumultuous part of their life. And now actually Trip and Topol still work even in peacetime. It's not just a wartime yeah. thing. It is okay. actually peacetime as well. Yeah. Maybe. But we'll yeah. see if that plays out, I guess, next week as well. Um, so after consequences, we do alterations, expansions. Uh, anything you'd want to see changed about just these scenes we've covered today or anything you'd want to see come back? Um, do we want to see more Zindi again? Would we actually want to see what the fallout was? I would. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that that's the one thing. It's, it's a shame that it was made after all the other stuff. So we didn't have Zindi in Next Generation and stuff, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, but actually the scenes themselves, I think they work quite well. I don't think they need a lot of changing, really. Mm. You know, there's, there's always, you know, things you could change. Maybe change it to 2154 rather than 2152. Yeah, you know, maybe that'd be an alteration, yeah. but you know they, they they work okay as they are. I think personally, yeah. so I would leave them alone. I think, but it it would be good to see more Cindy, and I'm hoping that as we go forward, um, with with new Star Trek and stuff, that we will see some Cindy at some point. I think we mm. might have seen one. We, we see the reptilians in, in, in Prodigy. Um, yes, yes, yes. There, I think they may have been referenced actually in uh, Lower Decks as well. Yeah, I, think I don't so. know if we saw them, but I know think they they have been referenced. Um, yeah, but we we have seen the reptilians, and it's only the reptilians operating on their own in Prodigy. So almost like the outliers, almost mm. maybe they were ostracized from their society, and the rest of the Zindi actually got on fine, and yeah. they joined the Federation, but the reptilians never did. Uh, which is quite bad, really. When you think it's four hundred years of history, they still yeah. haven't reconciled. It's pretty bad. Those uh, those wounds run deep. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think I would have wanted at least mid season four come back and um, maybe have it play into one of the arcs about you know the Zindi have reformed. Maybe it's now time for humanity to yeah. reach out and start making alliances as well. You know, something like that. Even if yeah. we didn't see it, maybe a reference to it. Yeah. Um, and certainly bring back gray lick but there yes. we go um yeah i think again it's valentine's day and we've just talked about relationships so it all kind of works really yeah. as those sets yeah. of scenes okay then so that's alterations expansions done so we move on to the pirate criteria recommendation Arg, mimates. What did you think of the story? From my perspective. That's one way I'm looking at it. I'm going to recommend it. Arg, mimates. Okay. So, do we recommend to Star Trek fans to watch these scenes <laughs> in isolation? <laughs> um, no. 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 <laughs> It's so stupid. It's, it's madness, mate. mate. It's yeah. lunacy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, I mean, if you took these scenes, if we'd had the time, if we had the time to watch all of those episodes yep. from Council all the way through and included these scenes. So if we'd done the, the 12th, the 13th and 14th of February all in one big cluster, do you think it works then? It works better because you've got a bit more context. I mean, like, for instance, the Stormfront bit, you know, mm. it's, it doesn't make any sense, really, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. It's just like, uh, what's going on there? Um, but did Stormfront make any sense even in the proper timeline? Well, like... <laughs> yeah, that's an argument we could have, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's very true. Um, yeah. Um, I, as I said, I, I have issues with losing Twilight and uh, and Carpenter <laughs> Street, but I am very grateful for... for uh, Stormfront, mate. Yeah, um, <laughs> and of course, these are the journeys, which is a uh, another. You know, I, I owe you, owe you for that. But um, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, you just need a bit more context, really, to make it make sense. So, if you could watch the whole, I, I think, I think the way for normal people to do it is to watch the whole episode. 
but with the knowledge that this bit is a temple trek bit, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. And then that starts to make more sense. But when you watch them literally, you know, the way we watch them, <laughs> they don't make a lot of sense, do they? Yeah, it's a bit chop and changey. Um, yeah. Any kind of meaning we ascribed to it, rather than they're actually being yeah. implied in in the scenes. It wasn't that someone had a red line on a whiteboard somewhere and yeah. mapped out, okay, this is where the characters are. This is the 14th of February. By the way, they dipped off to 1944, then came back into 14th of February, then came back which I really should do for this show, but I'm not going to do that. It's just stupid. Um, it, it's enough work as it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So to non-Star Trek fans, if you were making, I don't know, a trip into pole best bits oh, okay. thing, would that work instead? Because I'm, I'm guessing we're saying no if you just watched it as it is. Yeah, I think we have to yeah. say no, really, don't we? Yeah. Um, is there any way it gets past the Tyler principle. You know, if it's the first time yeah. you're watching Star Trek, but you kind of want to see characters that actually mean something and, and a relationship perhaps building. Not quite. I can see your logic and I can see where you're coming from, but I don't think there's quite enough <laughs> to do it. And it just yeah. jumps around a bit too much. Yeah. So no, I'm going to say no. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. They were really nice moments between the two of yeah. them, but I think they're going to have a lot better moments in season four. If you were building the box set of Trip and Topol yeah. and the love story, yeah, you don't need these in there. Um, but yeah, as a montage sequence, maybe there's something in there when she tells him her age and all this sort of stuff, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. Significant information was given, not necessarily significant relationship moments. Um, yeah. Well, that's it. Wow. Um, yes. We are at the end. And so it's S is our last criteria. We're going to start with the socials. Where can people find you, Dan? At Academic Trek 47 on Twitter. I'm there. Yes, if you have any weird, weird desire to, to discuss any Star Trek with me, then please do so. Yeah. Uh, I'm, of course, here on Temple Trek. We've got our sister show, Nexus Nights. I'm on Epsilon 3 yes. podcast, the Babylon podcast, Cosmic Pizza podcast, where we just talk about silly stuff. Um, and somewhere, just everywhere. And I'm very yeah. tired. Um, I've had uh, enough. Uh, no, it's good fun. It really is good fun. We've got actually a new host on uh, Cosmic Pizza, uh, Casey, oh. who um, she has a podcast called The Cult Vault. So I just want to give a shout out to them where she talks to survivors of cults and what they've been through, their experiences. And it's some really fascinating stuff. And she's award nominated. So, you know, uh, we are completely riding on her coattails as far as Cosmic Beats is concerned. She's very talented and she she puts together this amazingly researched episode. And, you know, she will talk to them in one to one interviews or as a group of people who have survived a particular cult. And there's cults all the way around the world. So not just the American ones that we hear about in the news all the time. You know, there are some from uh, African cults and uh, loads of places all around the world. So I would employ people if that's something you're interested in. She does that. She also has one called The Conspiracy Vault, where she sort of breaks down conspiracies and why they're so silly. Uh, and, you know, um, it's a very good, a very good podcast. She's taken a break from that, but she will be back with that, I think, at some point as well. So a little shout out to someone else. Not not really Trek, but it's really good fun uh, and cool. well worth a listen to. Right. So setup is the last s so we are going to set up for the next week so join us next week possibly for a season three recount uh on yeah. our nexus nights which will then be in the feed for this show but the next time we come back to temple trek will be season three episode 77 of the podcast season four episode three as we complete home all the way up to the end from five minutes 52 seconds to the end of the episode and the columbia is in dry dock on the 15th oh, of yes. February, 2154 so uh, we're coming back to the to the columbia she's not finished yet so they managed to complete the zindi mission in the time it takes to build an entirely other nx1 class starship <laughs> um yeah um just yeah so you can't quite remember home not really i sort of um is it the one with with flocks gets gets sort of assaulted by people and stuff and yeah that's the old, yeah the, the puffy face yeah, yeah. sorry to, to the listeners you didn't see what i just did i just placed <laughs> my hands to the side of my face and puffed them out um <laughs> yes it's puffy face flux ah Absolutely. yes i do sort of remember it yes I'm, do you know what i'm looking forward to it. season four mm. now the are we entering the sunlit uplands of season four or are we entering 
another disappointing <laughs> thing that we thought was going to be really good and turns out not to be very good and, and not an arc and all the rest of the things that we moaned about for season three. And I'm yeah. not really sure, to be honest with you, because I have had a quick look at the episodes and I'm not full of full of hope, if I'm honest. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's that one. We've got to get through. Oh, we've got to get through that one. Oh, no, yeah. there's Bound coming up. Oh, no. Exactly, coming... yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, actually, there was it was a funny thing. Talking about Casey from Cosmic Pizza, we played a round of 10 questions. As the new host, we all asked 10 questions of each other to kind of get to know each other as the new host. And um, one of the questions was, what is something you have changed your opinion of significantly um, in your lifetime? I, I picked about the point where I became an atheist and sort of had this dawning realisation that I just didn't believe anymore. Uh, but actually, maybe I should have said... Well, I've been watching Enterprise, and the accepted wisdom is one and see one and two seasons not that great. There's some good episodes, but maybe that's it. Season three is where it got good, and then season four just built on that success. Yeah. So far, season yeah. three more in the season one and two category for me. Um, yeah, it's only towards the very end that it actually yeah. made a lot of sense. Uh, so I'm really hoping that <laughs> twenty one fifty four into fifty five into fifty six is going to be a lot better. So we'll yeah. just have to see. <sighs> so that's join for us. the future mate that's for the yeah. future <laughs> we're not very good at selling people coming back to this podcast no, we're not. no come back and let's just moan for a bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> we hate star trek <laughs> um yeah so join us next time for the temple trek as we go back to home ah and we're done so as always thank you so much for listening please do come back we're not just arguing all the time with star trek we do like it and uh we'll see you in the next time stream certainly will if you've enjoyed this episode of Starting There we go. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please remember to like, subscribe and review wherever you listen to it. If you would like to be a guest in the future or give feedback, you can contact me by either searching for the Temple Trek Podcast Facebook page or find me on Twitter at Rider underscore Coattail. Also search the Temple Trek Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. Scripted elements of the show or a work of pure fan fiction, and any views and opinions expressed in the episode discussions are my own or that of the guest. They do not reflect the rights holders of Star Trek. Any Star Trek sound effects or music are used under the terms of fair use and are not my own work. The intro music, Birthright by Audio Binger, is royalty-free from the Free Music Archive. Check out their work and others at freemusicarchive.com. The Temple Trek is a free podcast with no Patreon or sponsorship. However, if you would like to support the show, you can find my books by searching Daniel Peter Hitch on Amazon. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next time stream.